this is Chanel. Hi, this is Stacy. Hey, nerds, this is Ashley. And this is Fanfic Fanatics. everyone welcome to our one shot wednesday it's ashley here and we will be reading through the gray by tuesday terrible john felt sorry for whomever his person was it must be difficult to fluctuate what colors you can and can't see whomever was his by theory anyway whomever it was probably hated him when you are born you can see you can see every color except one the color of your soulmate's eyes, and you can meet thousands of people with those color eyes. John has. He's seen countless shades of gray, knowing they all have the eyes that could make him see. But they aren't hers, and while he doesn't know what green looks like, he aches to see it. When he meets Sherlock, he asks him, reflexively, what color are you missing? Sherlock looks at him, his face tightening, just the slightest, but he doesn't look up from the grains of sand under his microscope. I'm not missing any color. It throws John because Sherlock doesn't look like the type to keep someone's fancy, or vice versa. Instead of asking whom, he rewards the question. Because really, surely, if, some, if there is someone, he'll know. What color were you missing? Brown. He crashes into her outside of the grocery. Fruit and vegetables and bread and everything goes crashing to the ground. He curses, turning his gaze to hers. And all of a sudden, the world literally burns. The lettuce turns this beautiful shade of green. The traffic light glows blindingly vibrant. The dark green eyes pierce into his soul, and he can literally feel himself being ripped apart. Green feels like adrenaline and danger and adventure. It's everything he thought it would be and more. He looks into her eyes and sees the same sense of amazement staring back. As her arms lift instinctively around his neck, presses his lips to hers. It's you. John wonders briefly if it was the woman he asked the question one day, in a manner he hopes appears casual. He knows Sherlock said he wasn't missing any colors before her, but it wouldn't be unlike Sherlock to, well, lie. No, he says dismissively, his eyes growing hard and his gaze going out the window. She has just a poor substitute of brown. It never crosses John's mind that Molly Hooper could be anything to Sherlock Holmes. The crash is obvious, though not unheard of. For someone to fall for someone who could already see, the mind is a complicated thing, and John knows when Molly does find her someone, whatever she thinks she feels about Sherlock will evaporate like air. He wants to ask what color she needs to see, maybe guide her into another direction, as Sherlock isn't missing any pieces, she deserves better. He never even notices her eyes are brown. They sit in Sherlock's flat, their hands intertwined. It must have been hideous, John sympathizes with his wife, not being able to see blue some days and brown others, though I suppose brown isn't a terrible color to miss. His words are a careless thing to say, but he doesn't pick up on them. Mary frowns at him. No, you're wrong. Brown is, brown is warm. It's the thing that starts your morning. The cup of tea to calm your nerves. Brown is comfort. Missing brown is like missing home. John doesn't notice how Sherlock's eyes soften as his gaze meets Mary's from across the room. What's your favorite color? Mary asks Molly one day as they sit around Sherlock's flat. Blue, Molly says without missing a beat. How does it feel? She whispers knowingly. It feels like 
brilliance. It feels like crystal clear skies and summer rain and hope. She says her eyes fixed on Sherlock's back, her hands clenched a little tighter around her wine glass, her red lips staining the edge as she takes a deep swallow of her wine before slapping on the the saddest smile Mary Watson thinks she's ever seen. But right now, it just feels like loneliness. John wouldn't think that colors affect Sherlock at all, by the way he navigates himself. But sometimes, he watches Sherlock run his fingers along a dark, dark mahogany desk with affection. Sometimes, he sees him spending hours looking under the microscope, analyzing the different shades and textures of dirt and sand. Sometimes, he thinks he really must yearn for her, whoever she is. It isn't until he sees Mary huddled in a corner of Molly's lab does he finally get it. Molly Hooper's hand slams hard against his wife's face, and his wife, skilled assassin that she is, takes the blow without even attempting to block it. Anger courses through his veins, but the conversation makes his blood flow whole altogether. Do you know what it was like? Molly hisses, tears burning her brown eyes. Do you know what those three minutes of not seeing blue felt like? I had two Mary sobs. I couldn't lose John. He's my blue. He's my brown. He's my everything. And Sherlock is mine, Molly says, venom and despair oozing out of every word. If you ever tempt with his life again, I will have yours. And John knows she means it. It's a terrible, it's a terrible idea, John muses, but how else would Sherlock ever come to terms with it? He hangs up the phone as he walks into the lab one day by himself, and Molly is obviously surprised to see him. Hello, John, all sunshine and rainbows. What can I do for you? He chews his lower lip nervously, scrunching his eyes, closed in pain. I'm not the right man for this, he finds himself saying. And all of a sudden, Molly is looking at him with wide, watery, worried, innocent, perfect brown eyes. He thinks maybe, maybe he could see the appeal in brown after all. John, what's wrong? I'm sorry, he says, before he loses his nerves. And he pulls the trigger. Sherlock's eyes are wild as he storms through the hospital doors, on the edge of mad. His hair is disheveled and his signature scarf missing from his neck. Mycroft follows behind him a few, few paces behind, not even bothering to keep up, as Sherlock growls at the receptionist and demands to know where the bloody hell Molly Hooper is right at this instance. Mycroft oversteps him, speaking in a low, quiet voice that John cannot hear. But Sherlock has still not noticed him, his eyes closed, muttering to himself, a doctor comes out, exchanges hands with Mycroft before speaking calmly. He thinks he maybe catches the word precision and a clean shot and a fine. It isn't until then does he catch John's eye. Sherlock looks at him, a look between dazed, betrayed, and then anger. John had expected as much, but what he had not expected was just how quickly Sherlock had moved across the room to strangle him. His hands wrapped around his throat, and he was shaking him. John's hands grasping at his fingers. Get the bloody hell off me, he grunts and grasps. But Sherlock is livid, practically foaming at the mouth. Why, John, why would you even? Look at you, you're about to kill me over a, a flesh wound, Sherlock. He manages to squeeze out as he gasps for air. Sherlock rolling off of him, exhausted of fighting back all the other doctors and emotions alike. It isn't a flesh wound. You harmed her, he says, pinching the bridge of his nose, a voice cracking with a repressed sob. The sand. The sand wavered, John. You, you damaged my home. No, John says softly, placing a hand over his. You did that. I don't remember who did it. Molly's voice did not waver as Lestrade questioned her. Her answer is completely useless, much to the detective inspector's dismay. 
Her loyalty to Sherlock is terribly, terribly fierce. Mary muses watching her behind a closed door. She goes back to work before it is recommended, even though the bullet only grazed her. Molly feels fine, just jumpy. It isn't until she slipped on her rubber gloves. Sherlock comes in, his coat blazing behind him, his self-created wind. It's so nice to see him, she muses. It's so nice to be the center of attention under those perfect blue eyes. Sherlock, she smiles, because how could she not? She lives and breathes to see her favorite color once again. What can I do for you? You should have told them, he says in a flat voice, but you didn't. Why? He had his reasons, Molly said quietly, and I had mine. He jeopardized your life, Molly. Your very well-being could have been at stake, and he miscalculated. And he isn't nearly half as clever as either of us. What reason could you possibly have to forgive such, such behavior? He's your best friend, she says with a small smile, tugging at her lips. It's fine. But it isn't, and he closes the distance between them by pressing his lips against hers. I'm sorry, he whispers, his fingers intertwining through her brown hair, lovingly, as he places his forehead against hers. I lied. You are always my missing piece, Molly Hooper, my absolute favorite color. It's involuntary, the tears that cascade down her cheeks as she flings her arms around his neck, fingers tangling in lovely black locks. You're my everything, Molly whispers brokenly. If I had known getting shot was all it took, I would have asked Sean to shoot me ages ago. Don't joke, Molly, he whispers against the shell of her ear. But even she hears the underlying subtext. He is also thanking God for John Watson. Outside the lab doors, John's fingers intertwine with Mary's. You did good, love, Mary whispers, green eyes sparkling with mischievous adventure. If you ask John what his favorite color is, he'll tell you green without any hesitation. If you ask him why, he'll tell you adventure is green. But if you can't have green, blue and brown are pretty great, too. The end. Oh my gosh, that was so sweet. Wow, that was really good. I liked it. That was a good pick. It was, it was, like, the writing was so good. That's good. We got some good writers going on this week. Yeah, it was good because, and this is kind of spoilers, Stacey, (laughs) since you haven't seen Sherlock, which is blowing my mind. Um, but there is a lot of references to the show. Like, yeah. um, uh, like it, it's like cutting out some scenes and stuff where the one scene where Molly and uh, Mary are fighting. Yeah. It's like a reference to Mary's um, like past mm-hmm. and her um, occupation and stuff, which I thought was really good. And just showing how like um, protective Molly is obviously of Sherlock and stuff. So that was really good. And then, um yeah it was just like obviously john's just like oblivious at first he's like oblivious to the fact that sherlock um which i I guess is also kind of a throwback to the show too like um he's oblivious to the fact that sherlock is in love or or him and molly love each other or have have this connection but mary you see in the show she is like super smart and on top of everything Oh, she knows like instantly yes she knows that that molly has like a thing for sherlock and you can see that in the show too um and it's also in this fic and so i yeah so good i also loved how oh go ahead i was just gonna say i love when he said you're my favorite color oh i know I Mm -hmm. i just like how dramatic dramatic it is it's like Oh, you want Sherlock to love you? Let me just shoot you real fast <laughs> so he can realize how much he loves you. Like, I'm here for the drama. That, I mean, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that was John's bright idea. He's like, yeah, let me shoot you. 
Like, <laughs> problem solved. Yeah. So good pick, Ash. Oh, thanks. Chanel also so, picked that one out. So, so. Good. yeah, yeah. So good, good job, both of you. <laughs> so good. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our one shot. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next week, y'all. Bye.